church? Hell no. Are you no longer feeling comfortable in church? This podcast is for individuals who are desperately missing God, but don't know how to find Him. Substance abuse, domestic violence, sex offenses, acrimonious divorce can contribute to discomfort in the church. For these individuals, church is just not an option anymore. Ordained minister Dennis Hall and his guests invite you to listen to this podcast for topics that are inspiring, uplifting, and will bring hope to those who just feel church is not relevant in their lives today. I'm Dr. Dennis Hall, and I'm delighted that you're listening to this podcast today. And I have been having some technical difficulties getting this podcast up and running, but we're ready to go. We're kind of ready to go like Christmas is ready to go right now. It's the Christmas season, and um, there are decorations everywhere. Uh, there, In fact, my wife's right out back in our yard right now putting up uh, red Chinese lanterns for Christmas uh, decorations. Christmas is off and running, and, um, you know, it's just amazing as we look around the Christmas season. I was in a church service in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, a few days ago, and um, if you're in a church service, like me, you're likely to hear the word hope, H-O-P-E, hope, hope, representing the Christian faith. In fact, that minister that day, I think he used the word hope several times in his uh, sermon. It caused me to begin to think about this word hope. You know, many years ago, I was invited to join a group of community leaders in Birmingham, Alabama, to meet with the leader of one of the largest inner city gangs. He was accompanied by his minister who introduced him to the group of community leaders and explained that he wanted uh, wanted us, the community leaders, to understand why young people, young men, are joining the inner city gangs. And he described the criminal activities that his gang was involved in, not only selling drugs, but uh, but uh, other things like uh, rapes and uh, assaults and even murders that were occurring uh, at the hands of these these uh, gang members. And, you know, he went on to explain how easy it is, how easy it is for, for him to recruit young people uh, to his gang. And he said it was because in the neighborhoods where they come from, there is no hope, that word again, that there is no hope, that it does not exist in those neighborhoods. And so... Uh, he said he was motivated to meet with us because it was too late for him. It was too late for him to take a different path, uh, but that the community leaders, those he was talking to, me and the others, could have an impact on hopelessness for future generations. Now, this was some time ago. Nothing has changed in Birmingham, Alabama, or even the other inner cities across our, our country. There was a sense of hopelessness and uh, violence and the gang life is still a factor, a reality in these towns. You know, recently uh, I was in an airport and I met a gracious Afro-American woman and uh, I soon learned she was a pastor 
of an AME church just outside of uh, Baton Rouge. She told me she had written a book entitled, What Will Get Us Through? What Will Get Us Through? And the subtitle of that book is uh, Messages of Hope. There's that word again, Messages of Hope, Encouragement, and Peace. And I was struck by this word, hope, in the subtitle of her book. I told her that one of my favorite scripture verses is 1 Peter 3.15. I have this scripture uh, on some shirts that I wear, and I'm often asked when I'm wearing those uh, uh, shirts to quote it. People will come up to me and say, well, what does 1 Peter 3.15 say? And it says, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord, and always be prepared, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who gives you, uh, or for everyone who asks to give your reason or hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. And when I've read this verse over the years, I think I've been focused on that phrase, always be prepared, always be prepared, study, show thyself approved, understand what the scripture says. And I've given too little thought to the other piece in this verse when it says, be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks to give the reason for your hope. Now, all of a sudden, for some reason, I guess this Christmas season when I'm hearing so much about hope, all of a sudden now I see how important the word hope is in this verse that I have cherished over the years. Now, if you go to a dictionary and look up the word hope, it will tell you that it means to cherish or desire or want something to happen or to be true. Well, uh, you know, secular hope is uh, just a subjective ex- expectation that's often misguided, and uh, it certainly does not consider God's will. God's will. Secular hope does not consider God's will. You know, we hope for things like, well, I hope to get a job. I hope she'll marry me. You know, I hope I don't run out of gas. I hope I can make the mortgage payment. That's the kind of things we say. You know, we also hope for good outcomes. I hope my child returns home safely. I hope I don't get sick, you know, especially if you've been exposed to people who are sick, who are coughing and sneezing. And, you know, uh, people say, I hope I pass the test. I hope the war war on Israel ends. Well, worldly hope is really not a virtue. Why? Because it contains a large degree of uncertainty, doubt, and uh, personal bias that can often be misdirected and selfishly motivated. You know, this word hope is often followed by the word so, S-O, so, 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 uh, you know, this is the answer that some people give when they're uh, asked if they think they're going to heaven. They say, I hope so, I hope so. 
Now, that's unfortunate because uh, uh, this is not the meaning of words in the scripture that are usually translated as hope. So in the Old Testament, um, the Hebrew word batah means expectation with confidence and assurity and security and, and being without care. The concept of doubt is not part of this Old Testament word. You know, in the New Testament, the word uh, uh, the word hope in the in the Greek language is elpis, and again, there's no doubt attached to this word, no doubt. Therefore, biblical hope is a confident expectation and assurance based on a sure foundation for which we wait with joy in full confidence. In other words, biblically, hope means there's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Can you see the difference? I mean, secular hope is just a wish or a desire, whereas biblical hope is a certainty without any doubt because God said it. God said it. Now, that's a big difference. You know, Hebrews uh, 11.1 1 says, now faith is confidence in what we hope and assurance about what we do not see. The thing that separates this secular definition of hope from the biblical definition is what the uh, what the writer Clarence L. Hayes Jr. calls the God factor. The God factor. You cannot have hope unless it is tied with faith. You have faith. You have hope because you have faith, and you have faith because you have a hope. It's the God factor. You know, if God is not the object of your hope, then you don't have true biblical hope because the certainty has been removed. The certainty has been removed without the God factor. You know, without that, your hope's just a wish, nothing more than a wish. Well, listen to this in Hebrews 6, 17 through 19. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. Let me repeat that phrase again out of the screen. It's impossible for God to lie. We have fled to take hold of the hope set before us that we might be greatly encouraged. Now, we have this hope, as the scripture says, as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. The bottom line is, when God has said it, you can trust his promise because it is impossible for God to lie to And trust becomes an anchor for our soul. Now, anchors are designed to steady things, to steady a boat in the water. But for us, you know, uh, hope is our anchor that keeps us from being moved, missing the mark. You know, the fact that God cannot lie, that is the foundation of certainty in the backbone of the hope, the hope of believers. You know, uh, Christian writer I just mentioned, uh, Clarence L. Hayes Jr., calls this in spite of hope, in spite of hope. 
an interesting category of hope, in spite of hope, in spite of what you see, in spite of what's going on, in spite of how dire the situation uh, looks, you can have hope. Why? Because God cannot lie, regardless of your situation. No matter what's happening in your life, find out what God has said about it and let that be the truth. Now, this doesn't guarantee that your situation will change immediately, but the beauty of hope, the beauty of hope is that even if the situation persists and, and remains, so does your hope. Now, let's think about some things that uh, God has promised us. You know, Philippians 4, 19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Now, God did not promise his followers that he would grant us all our wants. He promised us that he would grant us our needs. Sometimes we can't understand that. We can't understand why God allows things to happen to us that we can't see the worthwhileness of that. Why is this happening to me? But our hope does not go away, and God is meeting our needs. You know, several years ago, God led me to begin a ministry in a public park uh, known for the presence of homeless addicts and uh, drug dealers, alcoholics, and the violence that came along with it was also in that park. I would go into this park in the middle of the night, only accompanied by my small dog, a little terrier that I call Jack. And, uh, you know, when, when my friends would warn me about the, the dangers of going into this park by myself in the middle, in the middle of the night, uh, I often thought about God's promise in Deuteronomy, uh, three, uh, excuse me, Deuteronomy 31, 16, which says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, you know, we have the hope. We have the hope of God's protections. When we read verses like Psalms 119, 114, you are my refuge and my shield. I have put my hope in your word. God gives us Hope, the biblical hope of answering our prayers. You know, before I would go into that park by myself in the middle of the night, I would pray because the scripture teaches us that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we will have what we have asked of him. First John 5, 14 and 15. You know, uh, because I prayed, I had confidence and hope that God would be with me no matter what happened in that park in the middle of the night. You know, spiritual, uh, scriptural promises uh, also provide us the biblical hope for Christ's return, you know, it tells us, for the grace of God has appeared and offers salvations to all people. It teaches us to say no, no to ungodliness and worldly passions 
and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for blessed hope. The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Titus 2, 11 through 13. You know, the Apostle Paul in Titus chapter 1 refers to the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, the God who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time, before the beginning of the promised return of Jesus and eternal life, surely are two of the greatest biblical hopes, the greatest, remember, the biblical hopes are the ones that have no doubt, no doubt, no lack of uncertainty. So we might ask, so why is biblical hope so important in Christian life? You know, Paul said it best in 1 Corinthians 15, 19, when he said, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are all people uh, that should be pitied, most to be pitied. If it only applies to our hope, and then Paul is pointing out that biblical hope is beyond this life and extends throughout eternity. Now, as a Christian, our faith flows from our biblical hope about eternity. Why do we pray? Hope. Why do we witness to other people? Hope. Why do we endure hardships and trials or persecution? Hope. Hope. And why did the saints who've gone before us sacrifice, give, serve, even lose their lives for the message of the gospel? You can put it in one word. Hope. You know, Satan loves to attack biblical hope. You know, he creates despair and doubt and uncertainty, and these things undermine a believer's joy and enthusiasm and motivation and peace. But you know what? God understood, and uh, he's provided us a great, great, great tool. You know, uh, God gave us the Holy Spirit. He gave us the Holy Spirit to fill us with biblical hope. Romans 15, 13 reads, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we got help. We got help in not losing our biblical hope. You know, uh, uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, it tells us that Christianity has three theological virtues, faith, hope, and love. From a spiritual standpoint, a biblical hope is what provides our inner strength. It's what provides our inner strength. The unwavering belief that even in the face of adversity, there is a divine plan underway. No matter what's happening to us, there is a divine plan underway. And this perspective uh, encourages us to surrender our control and place our trust in God. In our spiritual journey, hope's not, you know, hope's not just a, a destination. No, 
it's it's literally the path that we walk on, the path that takes us from despair to enlightenment, from darkness to light. You know, bi- biblical hope is like a powerful beacon. It's like a lighthouse, a beacon of light that guides us through life, never fading, never fading, no matter how thick the clouds of despair might be. You know, biblical hope is a potent asset that shields us against the negative effects of stress and anxiety and, the, the, you know, the trials of life. Individuals with hope are far, far more likely to persevere, adapt, and even find creative solutions to the problems they're facing. You know, one way to look at uh, biblical hope is that it is a direct connection to God and Jesus. It empowers people to view their challenges as opportunities for spiritual growth. Spiritual growth. You know, I've had the opportunity just in recent days to uh, talk with one of my sons extensively about this, who is facing some tremendous challenges in his life about the opportunities not only for spiritual growth, but ministering to others that's being uh, created. You know, to strengthen uh, our biblical hope, it's important to practice the disciplines of faith. Um, you know, we, we, when we attend church and interact with fellow believers, we are encouraged. We are encouraged in our hope. And the Bible, the reading of the Bible, the Bible is just filled with verses about hope. And two things that are frequently overlooked by believers are meditation and fasting. I promise you, if you do these things, it will have a dramatic impact on your biblical hope. Now, as this podcast winds down, I want to say some things to you. You know, let me just say unequivocally, biblical hope is reality. Biblical hope is reality. It's not just some feeling. It's a reality. You know, it carries no doubt. You know, God does not lie. Biblical hope is having the assurance that everything that God and Jesus have promised in the Scripture is going to come to pass. You know, it's a solid foundation on which we base our lives. Believing that God always keeps his promises. Our hope and confidence uh, assurance is because we trust the words that say, he who believes on me has everlasting life. He who believes on me has everlasting life. John 6, 47. You know, accepting that gift of eternal life means our hope is no longer filled with doubt, but rather it has a solid foundation the whole of God's Word, the entirety of God's character, the finished work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now it's the Christmas season. And I hope, as you go through this Christmas season, that you will reflect on how the birth of Jesus Christ has ushered hope into a dark world. Thank you for listening to me today, and I hope you have a great Christmas season. May God bless you.